gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What is going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back, ready to talk some MMA with you for the next eh, hour or so. It's going to be tough, man, because there was no MMA. There was no major promotion MMA this past weekend. A rare week off, pretty much across the board. Now, there were some combat sports, I guess. We'll have to get into a little bit of that. Want to share some love with you guys back. A lot of you guys had some, guys and gals had some kind messages. I bought our 33rd, 3,300 show. There you go. And this is 3301, so obviously we want to thank you guys. And Magic, Marlon Marais, will also join us. He's got a fight coming up against Shane Burgos. He has unretired after retiring this past March when he was done with the UFC. Now he's back in PFL. He was with him when it was WSOF. Same people, same banner. He's going back home. It's going to be a fun time here on MMA Junkie Radio, Monday, October 10th. Folks, we we hope you all had a nice weekend, a nice quiet weekend to catch up and reclaim your thirst and hunger for MMA. We got some this weekend coming up, and we'll discuss that, obviously, probably a little bit more on Thursday, but we did have our 3300th show this past Thursday, and we got a lot of nice, kind, and warm messages across the board, social media. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. A lot of you had very special things to say, so we appreciate it. Uh, Goes. That is quite a number, man. I think it. How about Abby's little video cover? That was pretty cool. You know, the, I guess it took me a few times to kind of stare at it because it had that Warriors theme. But then when you think about it, three thousand three hundred, like that is a a pretty big number that we should be proud of. I always thought that I'd never get to the point where I would forget anything, you know. And now there's times where people will bring up, "Hey, wasn't this guy in your studio this one time?" And he did that, and I won't remember, like. It'll jar something, but uh, I'm, I'm, when you really think about how many that actually is, um, where these have taken place, you know, one of two of these shows took place in Afghanistan, dude. Like, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, and yeah, thank you to everybody for all the uh, nice messages. And George got double duty because you were still getting happy birthday messages, right? And <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, the last one came in one week. And then one day after my birthday, I didn't know you could do that. I, I feel uh, I'm almost embarrassed when I write, oh, I hope you had a nice birthday. And like, I'm like a day late or two. I'm like, I'm typing it, hitting enter, knowing that that other person's going to be like, bitch, that was 48 hours ago, you know. But yeah, I, I kept getting them. So thank you to all of them. But thank you more to the ones that did it on September 26th, and all the rest of you, eh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so maybe we can make it to another 3,300 to get to get to 6,600. I don't know. I think 5,000 is a nice 
number to shoot for. Four thousand will be grand. I'm sure thirty five hundred will make a big deal out of that. But but uh, yeah, this thing has gone by super fast. Goes when I was looking for pictures, somebody asked me for a a picture or spinning back click. I was perusing through a lot of photos that I had, and I came across one that the significance of the picture is isn't as big of a deal. No disrespect to this individual. It was Fluffy um, uh, Hernandez, you know, from uh, Team uh, what's it called? MMA Gold. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hernandez, not Alexander Hernandez, not Alexander the Great from San Antonio. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. I think when he fought at Dana White and he came to our studio the next day, I think that was his welterweight. Now he's a middleweight. Point of the of what I'm bringing up is, boy, do we look thinner in some of those pictures. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and the fighters, too. You know, McGregor, when he was in our studio, was like a kid, 40, a 45 framer. He was a 45, and now he's, you know, obviously so jacked up and or whatever. But that's the first thing I notice is usually because it's either fight week or they're just in shape because they've been active fighters. They're really, really thin. And so, and you know, and some of those, so are we. And some of them, maybe not us or whatever, but Fluffy Hernandez was really, really thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you go through, it can be pretty painful if you start at the top of your pictures if you have an apple and you start scrolling down holy crap it can, uh, it can yeah. get kind of weird but yeah all right uh so this past weekend we had no ufc no bellator no one no pfl bro i don't even think i saw an lfa honestly i did see overeem versus Badr hari so we mm-hmm. did have combat sports in play there was some boxing that i was watching after college football but were you, did you feel a little refreshed by that I, I know i asked that question from time to time but sometimes when there's no ufc it doesn't mean there's not one of the other leagues this was literally nothing to do in terms of mma i did kind of like it uh, i was able to see all my favorite sports teams play little jack russell terrier yogi had a little incident that took away uh quite a bit of my Saturday, but uh, aside from that, yeah, I got to see all my favorite teams play, got to relax a little bit. I think it's much needed every now and again. You kind of think of new ideas for things that, new projects that we're working on, which by the way, next Monday, uh, those of you that are fans of the Spinning Back Click, there'll be a little bit of a different format that I think you guys will dig. So that's kind of where we get to exercise all those those uh, opportunities and come up with some new stuff. So I did. I enjoyed it. Check out my weekend goes. If you start with Thursday, we won our Europa game. You know, Manchester United did. Friday, uh, modern day beat St. John Bosco. It was number one versus number two. Depending on whatever rankings you look at, some of them, they were number one. We were two. USA Today Sports were one and they're two. But I was scared. I went to the game. My buddy got a ticket late, so I drove to California. And I was scared because all the scores that I had seen from Bosco, they were just whooping teams. I mean whooping. Us, we had a scare here in Vegas where we barely beat Bishop Gorman, who's a national powerhouse, to be fair. And But then we played a, a club called, or a high school called J. Sarah, 
when we normally trounce. We only beat them 21-14. We only start two seniors on defense. I just thought, man, this is the year they're going to hand it to us. And these guys were talking a lot of junk on Facebook. But guess what? We held court in Santa Ana Stadium. It was. It really should have been one of the most boring games anyone's ever seen because it was just a lot of rushing the ball, first downs, protect it, ball movement, wind the clock. You know what I mean? Like it was not an aerial show. It was not the greatest show on turf or nothing like that. But it was really, really compelling to the very end. Every every yard meant something. So that was cool. Then Saturday, USC. They win and they cover. Holy cow, I'm 3-0 so far. The 49ers, they're in Carolina. It's not easy to go on the road, man. We went on the road. We won, and we won by a lot. And then yesterday as well, Manchester United got a second game in three days. They were down one nothing. They win. So I kind of had a 5-0 and weekend. I couldn't be happier. Um, to be fair, maybe I went 5-1 and because – I took a loss to some mosquitoes in Tustin, California, who fucking ate me up really, really good. I got bitten big time. So I've been on the Benadryl a little bit. I don't know what's going on in SoCal, dude, but that that almost seems like a plague to me. That was there um, Thanksgiving. I saw your, well, pretty much your whole body got trounced, but more your foot and your, your arms. Foot, my ankles, my arms, my neck. It was ridiculous. I did get to see mom and dad. That was cool. So I really, really enjoyed the weekend. Got to see uh, Badr Hari and Alistair Overeem. Got to see a little bit of boxing. So uh, fun times. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. This week we have Alexa Grasso. She is back uh, headlining versus Vivian Araujo. Cub Swanson, good friend of the show. He's fighting as well. Brandon Royval versus Asker Askarov. That should be fun. Misha Sirkinov against uh, Alonzo Menafield. Rafael Asuncao, another WEC favorite of mine. He'll be fighting. So we have a card in Vegas. Should be good. Um, but I'm all nice and reset for it. What I wanted to ask you was, this is something we discussed as a panel on Spinning Backlick. These cards aren't great. You know, like UFC is a show that we've all accepted as just fun from start to finish. They make it great. But in reality, there's not a lot of top talent fighting on these cards. So what do you think of that? Uh, The UFC takes up so much of your time. Right, it's not like a movie where you pop it in and you get an hour to two hours, and then you move on to the next thing. These guys swallow up about eight hours of your day, and that's a lot to ask for to not give us really quality fights. Like a lot of times, you're pulling at a you're pulling on your ESPN Plus or whatever, and you really don't even know who's fighting, let alone remember who they fought last or what what their scheme is here in this pecking order. I need fights that are either going to matter in the rankings or they're telling a story. There's a little heat behind it or something. Um, But there's just too many of these where the same amount of time that I have to give up for a pay-per-view, I'm giving it up for fights that don't really matter all too much. You know, it's entertaining, but boy, you know, the, the, the way the, the pace of the fighting goes to the card really dictates my mood as well. 
You know, there's sometimes where you'll get a lot of finishes, which is great, but then there's also a lot of downtime. And it's nice when you can flip over to some college football or something. But there's other times where you can't, and you're just like, oh my god, what do do laundry in between? I don't know what. But uh, it's gonna get worse. It is like look at Dana White's contender series and how many people get contracts there. They gotta go somewhere, right? They're not getting contracts to be on the Voice. They're getting contracts to fight. So we gotta see them fight, and that's gonna that's gonna be part of these cards that we're talking about. You know, one comparison I think I can make, and hopefully I don't lose some of the audience with this, but. The UFC is a lot like college football. I'll give you an example. Cub Swanson. We like to see him fight because he's Cub Swanson. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is Cub Swanson came through an era where when you fought, if you bled for the fans, sweated, cried tears, the fans were with you. They became part of you. They latched on forever. Didn't matter whether Cub had lost three straight or one eight straight, it didn't matter. We rode with Cub Swanson. So right now, it doesn't matter. I don't even know the streak that Cub Swanson's on. I haven't looked at it yet. Whatever he's on, we're riding with him. And what it reminds me of college football is, have you ever seen sometimes where you tune in and you're walking by a TV and it'll say, like, Penn State versus Texas? Like, oh, this should be good. What, what are both teams 4-0 or 4-1? and Right, because we're in early October. And then all of a sudden, you're like, what? Penn State, one and four, or Texas, one one and four. What happened to these guys? Well, what happened is that university is just on a cold run. But it doesn't take away that it's Texas versus Penn State just because they've been two traditional powerhouses over the years. They mm-hmm. just happen to be on a little bit of a decline right now. And so I, I find that that's kind of what happens with the UFC is some of those names that I read off here. I'll read them off again. We have Alexa Grasso versus Vivian Araujo. That, to me, goes, and I'm looking at the college football rankings, feels like uh, Illinois is going to be playing James Madison. That's 24 versus 25. Now, normally, you'd be like, oh, really? Okay, cool. Well, I got something to do. I don't know if I'm going to watch Illinois versus James Madison. But that's what I feel like the UFC is giving us this weekend. But if I were to tell you, however, uh, we got Brandon Royville versus Asker Askroth, two exciting flyweights, right, that have kind of paid their dues a little bit. Well, that almost feels like somebody telling me, hey, bro, um, TCU's playing Oregon. You know, kind of like upper mid-tier football programs where you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. shit, that should be exciting. What channel? Or let's meet up. We'll get some wings and some beer. We'll watch that. I feel like that's kind of what it is, is they're lucky enough that they can mix in some of these TCUs and Oregons and – they allow us to tune in. Now your Georgias, your Alabamas, Ohio State, USC's, those are obviously, you know, Usman and McGregor and Jones and Nganu or whatever. But you feel what I'm saying a little? I'm kind of hating you because now I kind of want to take those rankings and match them up with fighters. Who's who? Yeah. It, can't, it can't really be uh, what you think, right? Like you can't make Alabama – uh, Francis Ngannou, Alabama has to probably be like Conor McGregor, right? Like the hype that goes into that. Probably. Weekend. Yeah. So that might be a fun little project to do. But see, Grasso and Vivian Arujo, they may give us a great fight on Saturday. And what happens is at the end of the fight, there's a big pie on our face. But going in, that's not the greatest main event I've ever seen. Huh. You know, like what, what, what is the UFC thinking? Like that, that just 
I don't know. I, I don't like that. I don't like that main event at all. Hell, I'd rather have Royval versus Askarov. But okay. there's obviously a method to their way of thinking, and I think maybe Grasso's on a three- or four-fight win streak. Maybe they're building the case for her versus down to Tina Shashenko, and that's the plan. I mean, uh, look at Abu Dhabi. Look how stacked that is. Yeah, and they're asking us for 74 bucks and 99 cents, and I have no problem paying it because it's stacked with two title fights and a lot of compelling matchups that feature ranked fighters. So I love that card. UFC 279 last month, didn't love it as much. We had three solid fights at the top. They did some mixing and matching after some fighters missed weight. But in reality, those were more, those were more star value names than ranked names or champions or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But again, the UFC is like like a cartel, man. They they some of the loads are gonna get through and that's party, baby. You know what I mean? Some will get caught at the border by border patrol, some by the Coast Guard, some by you know DEA, whatever. Some ain't some ain't gonna get through, but most of the time they're still raking in the bucks because the UFC's just it is a success of, of huge Success, they make a ton of money. Um, I don't hate them for it. Right. Uh, now, there has been some news, I guess, through the weekend that even though we had no fight cards, mm. there was some stuff that I suppose you could say went down or whatever. So we had a lot of interviews over at Kill Cliff which is the former Sanford MMA gym, you know, goes and I, we had some interviews as well for MMA junkie radio. I want to talk about one in particular goes Javier Mendez. You know, this, this thing, every time you do anything involving Habib and his team, boy, there's a lot of rush. I've come to the conclusion. There's a lot of Russians that are interested and we've gotten a lot of downloads Mm -hmm. and a lot of pop from the, the videos and the, and the recaps, you know, I, here's one thing I'll agree with Javier. Um, what he can say is, I've held the mitts. I've done the training. Makashev is ahead of Habib. I get that. But when he says, I think Makashev is better than Habib, meaning the whole overall MMA game, that's where I have to go, Coach, ease up a little bit. He's yet to fight a top three, a top five guy. He has one loss, technically. Habib never lost. So... Slow your roll on that one. But the other part about him being a better striker, which he is, man. He's solid. That, uh, you know, it gets me thinking about what I'm going to do, man, when it comes to Makashev versus Oliveira. You're going to take uh, Makashev? He talked you into it? How Bro, could you he beast it, like that? Who makes Bobby Green look that foolish or Dan Hooker? I mean, when you fight those guys, if you beat them, you're in a fight. You don't just thump him. He thumped him. Now, granted, again, the argument's there. He hasn't fought Gagey, Poirier, Chandler, or some of the other guys that are you know, higher up in the rankings. But the guys that he has fought, he has thumped them pretty good. Um, Olivera's obviously the best. You know, you can't take that away from him. I love the fight, but I, I, I'm kind of understanding, you know, especially because he applies the same th- theories and principles and strategies and tactics that Habib did, and Habib was very dominant. He fought three former champions. Already impressive. 
He finished all three. Even if he beat them, it'd be impressive. He finished all three of them, dude. Like, that is something that, trust me, I want to put Islam Makhachev down. Stat picks. Easy. All day. But I just, I can't bring myself to do it. It's just not making sense. Like, I, I don't know. At that point, like, if, if, if Charles Oliveira was sitting in front of me and he told me, what the fuck do I have to do? I wouldn't know how to answer that. I don't know, fucking kill a T-Rex. Like, well, what, he's probably thinking, what do I have to do? Well, here, here's a fair, fair question, though. You could tell Charlie Olives, Chucky Olives, hey, didn't uh, Chandler almost knock you out? Wasn't that first round 10-8? Like, yeah, I we did. get it. You did win. And, and Gaethje also rocked them pretty good. Like, you know, that's the thing is he he kind of he, – he does get rocked. Now, I, I would say all those guys have more advanced and powerful and explosive striking – than Makashev has, so maybe he might not be in that type of fear. But um, Makashev has some pretty good wrestling. Now he'll have to duel with Oliveira's sweeps and attacks from the bottom or whatever, or maybe even Oliveira taking him down. I don't know. But uh, Oliveira gets in some trouble as well. He does, but he gets through it, right? And that's the yeah. thing that that's the question mark where if Islam Makashev is there. You got to ask yourself there, what happens when he's put in these situations? You know, we just don't have that basis of comparison that we have on the other guy. Yeah. Well, it's a fun fight that I'm really, really getting warm for. But if you get a chance, check out our interview with Javier Mendez, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel. Sorry, what did I say? YouTube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video. There you go. That's where you need to go. We had a good one with him. We had a good one with Shane Burgos as well. Okay, right now, I want to get to our guest, Magic Marlon Marias, former WSOF Bantamweight champ, went to the UFC, became a Bantamweight contender. He has a win over the current UFC Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling. He then took a few losses in a row, retired, said that was it. And now he's coming back as a featherweight with PFL. He will be a part of the season, or at least we'll confirm with him. But first up first, PFL 10, 10 the finals 2022. It's a fight card coming up on November 25th. He gets to fight Shane Burgos. Burgos. It is a pay-per-view, but you know what? Uh, I think with six title fights and matchups like that, they more than likely have my money. Let's talk to Mar Magic Marlon Marias. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back with another MMA superstar. This time we get to talk to the magic man, Marlon Marias, a former WSOF world champion in the Bantamweight division, longtime UFC title contender. Now he's back home with the original WSOF, now known as the PFL. He is back now as a featherweight, and he's competing. He's already got a date for the comeback, November 25 versus Shane Burgos at PFL 10 finals of this season how you doing marlon long time no talk i'm good good to talk with you guys i'm a big fan of you guys and uh, what you guys mm. do for the sport and i couldn't gonna be happier right now awesome man well we're obviously a huge fan of yours seeing your career through so many facets like i mentioned earlier the wsof run the title defenses ufc and now 
you are back. But let's let's go through the important stuff that the fans want to know. Earlier this year, you decided to call it a career and you retired. And now, of course, you're coming back less than a year later. So what can you tell us uh, about that decision? Do you feel like you maybe you just made it too quick at the time or did you really feel pretty good and at peace with it? And then just something lured you back to fighting. Yeah, uh, definitely. I wasn't happy with the results, you know, with the, how things was going with me, uh, with the fights. Nothing, nothing was going my way. You know, I, I think that the time away from the sport was good to think about everything, about my skills, you know, and see um, what was going wrong and make a switch, you know, make a change. And I'm really happy with this change. Uh, getting back to to the PFL, the World Series of Fighting, and and be be near people that uh, really care about every single person in the in the roster, you know, and and uh, have a chance to compete uh, with some of the best 45ers in the world. I am uh, 34 years old right now, and it's just hard for me to keep keep hurting myself, cutting all the way down. 35 of course i'm gonna lose a little bit on the land i'm gonna be fighting some of guys they are a little bit taller than i but i'm gonna i'm gonna get that with my speed and power the energy is gonna be different i'm feeling it already and i train with the 45ers 55ers you know and i don't see no difference i think weight is just a number and the way you fight that's gonna decide who's gonna win did you approach the PFL at, after you had time to think about it, or did they actually come to you just wondering if you might reconsider uh, competing again? Man, uh, I'm really close with Ray. You know, I I I am a fan of Ray. First of all, uh, I used to play with him on PlayStation One. We already PlayStation Five, so <laughs> he was on one of my favorite favorite fighters to play with. And the K1 back in the days, and I follow his his steps in in Japan. And since my first fight in a World Series of Fighting, I told him and said, "Ray, I, I used to play with you. I cannot believe I can touch you, you know." And and we just start a relationship. He always respect me. I always respect him. And I gave all my effort for for the for the show when when I used to work for him and. Naturally, we approached each other and we had a couple conversations and the opportunity came and, and why not fight? You know, why not fight him right now in November 25th and just wait and fight him next year? You know, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. Shane Burgos is coming with the hype for the, the next season, 145 pounds. You know, I am in, he is in and let's put on a show. Let's put on a great fight. And, and show everyone that we, we are coming to the PFL to get the million dollars. So this fight is a is a featured fight on the pay-per-view here in November. But next year, both of you guys, as far as you know, will be competing as part of the regular season and playoffs? Yes. Nice. Well, that's a bonus then, an extra fight on a pay-per-view in New York. That's great. And now moving to 45, does that change – your diet or your happiness during camp. I imagine the more so we much. get, the more miserable you might be. Yeah, I was just telling telling everyone today, you know, like it's so hard to be measuring what you can eat, what you cannot eat. 
and right now i can eat anything i want and healthy you know like i can really uh take all supplements you know i i feel great i weigh around 162 163 you know i don't think i am light for the division you know i just think i was going forcing too much for the 35 i could make 35 easy when i was in the ufc and i think i can you know but it's just not healthy it's not healthy for me it's not what i want for me anymore marlon so before i get started i do want to say it is also very special for us to interview you we love when we have you on the show thank the you. only thing we don't like i have gray hair here he has gray hair what's going on with you you benjamin button or what you don't age <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you don't have any gray hair? No, you look the same from no, the first I have, I have, I have some. I have some. I have some yeah. right here, right here. You know, I keep I keep taking off. I'm still <laughs> fighting with them. But at some point, I won't be able to do that, you know. And, man, I, I had hair, too. I lost my hair, you know. No hair fair anymore. Enough. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, so what I did want to ask you is I know Shane Burgos is your opponent. Okay, and yes. that's who's ahead of you. But in a way, that night, do you feel like there are other people that you're sending a message to as well? The, the guys in the finals and the guys that competed throughout the year, you know, uh, are you guys almost like sending a message to those guys as well? Yeah, definitely. I'm going to send a message to everyone, you know, and I want to show these guys that 2023, 145 pounders going to be a tough division and they will see uh, one of the best shapes I'm going to be. I feel stronger. I feel faster. And, man, I'm just as motivated as I was when I made my debut in the World Series of Fighting and my debut on the UFC. Everything changed, you know. It's, it's like sleep, you know. I'm really happy, and I have a, a home, and that's where I'm, I'm staying. And I'm staying for long. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere, you know because I don't need it, you know? I, I wanna do what I love for who I love. What were your thoughts when they brought up Shane Burgos as an opponent? To be honest, I, I wasn't expecting to fight him as the first fight, but the name came just like any other opportunity, you know, I, I, I'm not the guy that's gonna say no. And to, to be fighting for the PFL, you can pick opponents, you know, you're gonna have to fight pretty much everyone. Did any of the other organizations throw their names in the hat as far as trying to lure you over to Bellator or One Championship or any of the other organizations? To be honest, man, I wasn't looking for, you know, and I didn't want to hear anyone. Uh, to make me come back should be something special, you know, and gotta, gotta touch, uh, touch me, you know, and, and I, I love the, the people around the PFL and I, I'm a fan of these guys and it's just a pleasure to work for them. Marlon, what was the time like when you were off? Where did retirement, the, the, the time that you spent in retirement, did it give you what you wanted? Maybe peace, more time with the family or maybe were you able to think more freely? Uh, how, how was that time? Training-wise was the same. I was still in the gym, training, you know, living, living the life. I'm not ready to live that life. But mentally, you know, was peace, you know, because I had 
I didn't have to worry about, oh, when is my next fight? Who am I fighting? What I'm doing, you know? So I, but man, to be honest, made me feel like, man, I love this shit. I have to do that again, you know? But I just don't know how, I just don't know for who, but I'm, 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 I'm having a fist fight with someone, you know, because I'm not ready to just hang up the gloves. I'm, I'm still got in it, you know? Winning or lose, I'm, I'm always gonna be fighting. And was peaceful in, in, the, in the mind state, but I would say training, lifestyle didn't change anything. What, when you had temporarily retired, were you at least able to look back and be proud of everything you accomplished? You won a major belt at WSOF. You beat some good fighters, fighters that also hold world titles, including the current UFC Bantamweight, one, the greatest featherweight of all time. So you have some really, really impressive wins. So at least for that time, were you at peace? Had you never come yes. back to fighting that you had done what you set out to do? Yes, because since I was young, fighting in Brazil, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, me and my coach, we were always close. And I always told my coach, I said, man, one thing you can guarantee, I'm always going to be a tough fight for anyone. You know, and I, I believe every single time I step in the octagon, I was dangerous and people always respect the, my power, my knockout, uh, my techniques, you know, and every time I was in there, they were worried. And I knew that winning or losing, I was a threat for everyone. How are you feeling physically, your health, is everything, you know, how often do you, do you fighters get checked out? And I, here's why I asked that question, because if you notice, I don't know, you, know, you being in the state of Florida, maybe you, you might be familiar with this, but there was a, a quarterback that got injured and they, they said he came back too soon. Now, granted, it was only five days. He played on Sunday, then he came on Thursday. But it got me thinking like, wow, you know, sometimes we trust these doctors that say, yeah, you're all right. But do we do, do, we do enough of our own research to make sure that we are ready to compete, you know, in, in combat sports like football, MMA, boxing, hockey, all the ones where there's, you know, uh, collisions between human beings. Yeah, I was healthy. I never had any major issue, you know. Every single time I hurt myself was my shoulder, the other shoulder, you know. But I, I, I'm glad I fixed it. And right now I am 100%. And, man, I, I wish I knew more about football. And But if you say about soccer, I, I'm going to know who's that one. But football, I'm not the best one to, to say something about it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it, it's in relation to the Miami Dolphins in the NFL. Uh -huh. So I, I thought maybe it might be a, a bigger story out in Florida. But, hey, man, with everything going on with the hurricane, that, that might have even yeah. been a minor story. It's so sad, man. You mentioned about the hurricane. And yeah. my friend today, he just drove his his father-in-law. He's working in, uh, in St. Petersburg. And I asked him, how's there? How's the situation? And he said, man, it's everything like... A lot, a lot of trees down, you know, it's like crazy. Probably some of those places still, they don't have electricity power, you know. It's crazy, unbelievable. And I'm glad I didn't get hit by anything, you know, none of my friends. And we just pray for all these people and whatever we can do to help, we will do, you know. And I imagine that you, this is probably dear to you, this type of a catastrophe, because it may not have been a hurricane, but wasn't it a tropical storm that took out Nova Fuburgio 
a few years ago, maybe a decade ago, and that's where you and Edson, I believe, are originally from. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I tell everyone I, when I was in Brazil, we, we what was a, a mudslide in Brazil. Oh, we had, I, I had this problem there, and then I moved to US. I went to Jersey, trained with Frankie, and then Sandy, and then mm. I moved. I moved down to Florida. We got all the all the hurricane, and now. Thanks God, I I didn't see this iron crazy hurricane. Oh my God! Wow. Well, it looks like Mother Nature follows you. Please don't move to Las Vegas. We don't need a, an earthquake or a sandstorm or anything like that. <laughs> I'm obviously kidding, and it's sand, a sensitive sand, subject. In but... Vegas, gotta be a sandstorm. You know what? A firestorm. When I was in Vegas in the middle of July, August with Eddie Alvarez. Mm. Oh my God, man! I never been anywhere so hot. <laughs> yeah well it, it is hot but it's dry i've been to florida and it's it's hot not as hot as vegas but it's so humid but i guess you get used to it right yeah it's it's i am used to it it's it's, it's similar than brazil you know more near near the beach mm-hmm. where i was from is it's on the mountains but it's so much better the weather here i, I love it did nova Fuburgo recover already from the mudslide I, you know yeah, some of these yes, takes years. yes took took like probably few years and some of the politics stole a lot of money a lot of problems but finally everything is okay there right now hmm. all right well that's good to hear and you're still with american top team right yes i'm here yes do you do you miss frankie as a training partner do you ever go back of it seems like you guys are on good terms right of course i love frankie and i miss him Frank is like my brother, you know, I think every example as a fighter, as a man, I was glad to be around this guy, you know, I saw today he just got a fight and yeah. I know it's his probably his last fight and I'm going to reach out to them. You know, I want to go there for a couple of days. I want to spend some days with him, be part of this camp. I, I know I can't stay long because I'm focused on my fight as well. I got a, a taller opponent, but if I can go there and just feel him, you know, stay around him, it's so good, man, be around that guy. He's a great guy. He's a legend of the sport. In my opinion, one of the best fighters I ever seen training and fighting in my life. He's a legend, man, and he's done it in three different weight classes. Three Champion at lightweight, title contender at featherweight, and then he's had a few fights at Bantamweight yes. as well. So he's a stud, man, for sure. Um, couple last, just a couple silly ones here. You live in Florida, yes. And I want to ask you, how often do you see a gator? Like whether it's by the by the river or the lake or I don't know on the highway. Do, do, are there are, are the gators near you? If I want to see, I can see every day because I just just have to drive like five minutes uh, uh, near the the lake, and you see many. And you see, man, these guys, like, they go, I don't, these crazy people, they fishing, and they put their feet near the gators. And I tell these guys, man, you're not afraid. But these guys, like, man, they are afraid of us. They say, I'm not getting anywhere near these guys. Do you say, que pasa con você? Você loco ou okay? Yeah, yeah, most of these guys, they are, like, uh, Spanish guys. Um, (laughs) They go there and they they don't they don't care they don't care man. So it's best to just stay in the ocean, right? 
the way better but the problem is the ocean sometimes that's sharks <laughs> hmm. but close to where the man are? man i always tell everyone the ocean that's no doors you know you don't know where they are and some sometimes they say oh there's a shark somewhere in florida and when they say somewhere in florida for me is in the next the closest beach they have sharks wow what about snakes are there snakes you see snakes snakes i i don't see much but one time there was a few snakes in my in my garden wow was it like little grass snakes or the the poisonous ones no this time was poisonous one because they got they they that that were not the na nest right with the mm -hmm. birds they mm -hmm. found a, a bird nest and they went to the nest so they ate the birds and they stayed there so my wife took one of the birds and she stepped over all the snakes trying to <laughs> to get the bird but thanks god nothing happened to anyone and but i killed one of the snakes because it was uh, near my house wow when she stepped on the snake the snake didn't no no, like no she stepped near on the snakes and she didn't see and when i went outside with uh with the light i saw you crazy you went near the snake you put your foot in there you crazy but thanks god nothing happened man that's nuts that's florida is nuts florida right. is nuts <laughs> it's always great to catch up with you man yeah. i'm glad you're back in the game you're it's always all real. It's all real. the gators are real the snakes are real the sharks are real the guys with the garages with all cans and water ready for hurricanes it's real it's all real <laughs> did you have to board up your windows and all that any precautions or three times man that's the worst thing you have to do in your life in my house i don't have the one you have to pull and my my windows are not hurricane proof mm. so every time that's a hurricane coming i have to put it then but it's like let's say at least 300 screws you know mm. so it, it's like one or two days of work putting the the thing all day and every three the three times i put it in the hurricane did it again <laughs> well that's not a bad consolation prize but you win that million dollars get those hurricane proof windows and then you don't have to do yeah, it yeah yeah of course no i don't have to do that anymore <laughs> that's you know some some Brazilian athletes have competed and then they moved back to Brazil, like Fabricio Verdum, Vanderlei Silva. Uh -huh. How about you? Is that the plan to eventually go back? Or have you, have you, do you love America and you plan on staying in America? I love America, man. I, I, I grow up with a, my, it was tough, you know, neighborhood and everything. And I want, I have two kids. I want my kids to go to school here. You know, I wanted them to, to have a better chance that I had, you know, and mm -hmm. my son loves sports here. That's so many sports, so many opportunities. These guys, they grow up in South Brazil. They're playboys, you know. These guys <laughs> are jujitsu guys. So for them, it's easy. They go there. If anything goes wrong, family will help. Marlon Moraes, if Marlon goes to Brazil, anything goes wrong, my family won't help me because they can. Man, that's funny. Um, if I can educate the audience, if I'm not mistaken, Playboys means they have money, right? Or yeah. 
Because I remember Anderson Silva was teasing Damian Maya, calling him a playboy. And I was like, that's not the end of the world to be called a playboy. They go, no, 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 no. In Brazil, playboy means it's a little bit of a distinction of maybe, I don't know if it's class or you tell me, is it is it a little bit of class, color, or ed education, or something like that? Or can you tell no, me? No, I'm exactly? not. Um, Playboy sometimes can be a joke, you know. Mm -hmm. But like Playboys, I mean, like they 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 had they had a good life, you know, a better life, you know, yeah. education and everything. That's what I mean because Fabrizio Verdun, it's amazing guy, you know, respectful to everyone. I don't know yeah. one person that don't like him besides Tony Ferguson. <laughs> and Kobe, yeah, Kobe too. Read through the boomerang at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but who likes Kobe? <laughs> Only you guys. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we we went on a, we went with him on a military trip one time, and he was really good with with the troops. So I can't say a bad word about him, but I understand he you know he didn't make any friends in Brazil, and then obviously he split with the gym. But the, here's the ironic thing, Marlon. Guess who told us to take Colby? Jorge. Back then, they were friends. Oh my we asked God. Jorge to go on the trip, and he goes, I can't. He goes, well, what about my boy, Colby? So, all right, we, we took Colby, and it worked out. And now, years later, they're, you know, they, they dislike each other and, and all that. But yeah. stuff happens, right, in our crazy sport. Yeah, that's the sport. That's the crazy life, you know. That's it. Mm. You get along with everybody, or do you have one person you don't like? Man, I get along with everyone, but... This guy, this guy, uh, Kobe, he, he's just weird, you know, like this guy, he can be in a gym with, with everyone for years and pass by everyone and not say not even hello, you know, and it's weird, you know, I just, mm. I'm just not like that. Even if I don't like you, I'm going to say good morning. I'm going to say hello. You know, I think yeah. that's how I grow up. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. It was great catching up with you. We'll let you get back to your family. Nice. I hope you, you have a great. Good. You guys look good in the red. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's uniform, uniform. Nah. No, this is this is. You remember remember Bert Point. Watson? Who? Do you remember Bert Watson, the older yes. black guy? Oh this yeah, is, of course. This is his shirt. What is his shirt? Cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wearing it. He's with Bellator now, but he's. Yeah, be I love you. him. I love him. He's a great guy, man. Yeah. All um, right, guys. Next time, Manchester United shirt. No Barcelona. Yes, I'm going to buy one. All right. Take care, you guys, brother. You guys have a good night. Thank you so you much. Well, he sounded good. He looks good. His arms were jacked. Did you see that? Yeah, I was just about to say, those of you who don't uh, can't catch this, like the video recaps and stuff like that, he looked really good. And um, he's saying all the right things. It's just weird to me, you know, that you could be gone – like figure out, think about all the, the thought process that goes into saying, I will no longer do this again, and then flip it back so quickly to, I got to do this. That's the only thing that kind of troubles me a little bit, but uh, that's a hell of a, a fight, a hell of a first introduction to PFL. But he said all the right things, man. He's such a good guy. He's uh, You never feel like he's underprepared in a, in a fight. He gets caught here and there. I get that. But you never feel like he's underprepared. Yeah. He's had them finishes, though. People have been finishing him. And I tried to ask him a little bit about his health and well-being. But while not addressing it directly, he said, I'm good. I'm healthy. Everything's fine. You know, and. OK, you know, he, he by the time he fights, it will have been about eight months 
I'm okay with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did take, I think, four successive KO finishes, and that's that. The good thing was a lot of them were separated by time. They didn't happen like, you know, like I pointed out to him. To be fair, Tua from the Miami Dolphins had two concussions in five days or four days. No good. You know, at least the MMA fighters are a little bit more separated. But, you know, to be fair, I'm not even sure if he had concussions. Just because he KO'd, I guess it doesn't mean you've been diagnosed with a concussion. Um, But he seemed in good spirits. And I felt like a sissy because I'm complaining about these mosquito bites. But his wife stepped on a snake. Can you imagine how horrible that could have been? I know, dude. How do you imagine how? that bite compared to a mosquito bite? You find a snake in your yard, man. That for sale sign would couldn't go up any quicker. Like <laughs> I would be ghost. That just that's just not an option in my life. At 44 years old, the possibility of coming home and finding a snake is not that's not an option for me to live. I can't do that. All it takes is one snake, and the rest of my life I'm fucking tiptoeing every time I'm I'm bringing in groceries or something. I can't live like that. You? Or you're walking on one leg, or, or God forbid, imagine if you saw a Jack Russell Terrier inside the, the, the snake. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, yeah, I hear what you're saying. All right, thank you to Magic Marlon Marais for his time. Continuing on here, just a couple more things before we bounce on out. Um, Shane Burgos, oh, no, sorry, sorry, uh, Jimmy Smith I wanted to talk about. Did you catch a lot of him in his tenure with WWE? The times I caught him goes, I thought he was good, but he's no longer there. It kind of bummed me out because it didn't work out with Mauro Mar- Mar- Ronaldo, although I don't know if that was due to performance or due to, you know, he apparently had some issues with with uh, one of the guys down there. And so it, it was uh, not a good environment for him. So I think that was more mental health related. With Jimmy Smith, I don't know what happened, but when I caught him, I thought he did great. I thought he did good, too. Um, I thought he did amazing considering he was not a big pro wrestling fan. Like he was very similar to us, George. I think he watched it 80s, a little bit in the 90s, and then just completely fell off. He was not expecting to get that job. And so for him to be thrusted into that situation um, so soon like that, I thought he did an amazing job. But, yeah, there is – um, our boy Nick over at Pro Wrestling Junkie wrote kind of a nice article there that, that you could see on Junkie, on MMA Junkie. And um, yeah, these guys just kind of get funneled in and out. I don't really understand that because growing up, you know, we had certain people do it. And then when they left, there was usually a pretty good reason behind it. Like sometimes it was death. And then sometimes it was, you know, like in the case of Vince McMahon, a lot of people don't know this. He did play-by-play for WWF back in the day, and he did a great job at it. Um, you're just used to hearing these names, and in WWE, it just seems like they kind of get recycled. And, and we're talking about like people that have very high pedigrees. Mauro Ronaldo, his voice is attached to some of the, the most iconic moments in all of combat sports. So you can't tell me that he's not good at what he does. And then Jimmy Smith, same thing, man. The, the guy just prepares for everything. He knows what he's talking about, whether it's jujitsu, MMA, pro wrestling, he gives you a hundred percent to see him kind of go. That sucks, especially considering what happened 
with the UFC. You know, that tenure didn't really last that long as well. And I was watching his Instagram live when he was talking about it. And they don't really even get like a reason why, you know, it's just kind of like, yeah, we're done with you. And that, that, yeah. that kind of sucks. Yeah. And they kind of knew what they were getting. And for them to know what they were getting, I thought he over delivered, honestly, for being a guy that didn't follow it and wasn't a hardcore. That's, I guess, a little bit of my point. So that's where I'm a little bit bummed out. And yeah, maybe I'm a little bummed out because it seemed like the UFC, they gave him a year and then that was it. I don't know. Maybe he needs to be, you know, Jimmy the Jewel Smith. Maybe the fact that he's just Jimmy Smith, it's just a little too plain vanilla or, you know, the UFC loves having commentators who are former fighters. That actually came more from Fox. And, um, and but, but, you know, Jimmy did fight. He did fight MMA. It's just, I guess he didn't fight the highest of levels MMA. And I don't know. I like the guy. He was a colleague of ours at SiriusXM, so whatever. Finally, uh, 13 years it took, but the trilogy match finally came between Badrahari and Alistair Overeem. Overeem won a unanimous decision. Uh, third round is where he really, really took it to him with the, with the knockdowns. What did you think of that fight, and uh, what did you think of having to wait 13 years to break the tie? <laughs> I just saw the highlights, and again, like, I can't remember where I talked about this, but whenever there's just that big gap in between the first and the second fight or the second and the third, I'm just not so into it as far as we need to know who who the better of the two are. Like It's just another fight to me. Um, I just saw the highlights. It looked amazing. Um, for Alistair Overeem to perform at that level at his age after what he's been through. You know, We were talking about Marlon Mariah suffering knockouts. Look at Alistair Overeem's record. Right. See what's, what's happened to him. Uh, still cashing big paydays. It's pretty impressive, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I I really enjoyed it. They came out guns blazing early on. And then things settled down a little bit. And then ha- Bader Hari was aiming for the head with those kicks. You know, got some in on the body as well. But then in the third round, man, Overeem's hands were just too much. Um he knocked him down twice, and you could just tell, like, as the fight progressed, Alistair was a stronger fighter. But for being, for Alistair, you know, for this being, I guess, 12, 13 years later, Alistair now in his 40s, I'm not sure of Bari's, Badr Hari's age. Uh, I was still entertained, and I'm glad they did it. But, but yeah, uh, had it not happened, you know, my heart wouldn't have been broken. But I guess this is just a little morsel that I needed this past weekend being that we had no, no MMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Well, that goes to you spinning back. Like you're not going to get one this week, but going next week, you're going to see a different format and I'm sure you'll see an announcement during the week. I think you're going to like it. And as far as us, we're going to continue busting out junkie radios Mondays and Thursdays. So thank you again, as always for your support, for you taking the time to tune, tune in and listen to the show. Um, I did get a kind comment from Joseph from Odessa. He just says, man, I just really love the rapport you guys have with the fighters. And, yeah, you know what? I, I really do as well, whether it's Ben Rothwell or, you know, Mar- Mar- Marlon Marias or any of the other ones we've had, you know, over the past few months, Big John McCarthy. It seems like really relaxed where we can joke around a little bit, still talk about what's relevant. 
But hopefully that's another side of the fighters that you all don't get to see how it is, especially during fight week, and especially nowadays where everything's so regimented and, boy, like, uh, you almost feel like you're interviewing the same person. Or when you hear some of those interviews, you know, aside from your, like, your platinum Mike Perry's or some of the other uh, off-the-wall characters, sometimes it just seems like the same person saying the same stuff. That's mm-hmm. definitely not what we want to do here at Junkie Radio. Part of the reason behind that is now, you know, when George and I first started doing this, you text the fighter, hey, can you go? Want to do an interview? Sure. But you do it. Nowadays, they have these, like, media days where you might get a Ben Rothwell. He's doing 10, 15 interviews that day. Unless you're one or two, you might get him, like, eight or nine where he's already gotten the same questions over and over and over again, it does tend to suffer a little bit. So you have to connect with these fighters somehow and pull something out of them. And, um, you know, like Marlon Marias, it was just fun talking about hurricanes and snakes and, uh, you know, Gators. yeah, you, you just gotta, you might sacrifice a little bit of time and what you want to ask them, but uh, you could easily change the mood of the interview as well. And that, that's important. Yeah, you know, and, and I think he even appreciated us bringing up Nova Forbrigo, where he was from in Brazil, and the mudslides. I got it wrong. I, I think I said floods or something. But it was mudslides, and it was a big deal because Alex Davis, noted MMA manager, he's from that area. Edson Barbosa, same thing. And, boy, they went through a lot, you know, as much as the people are, are dealing with it, you know, in the west side of Florida, Fort Myers, Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte. You know, including us who have friends and family in that area that didn't get devastated like some of the ones we've seen. Well, that's kind of what they went through uh, over in Brazil where just a, wh- a whole city, you know, a whole town needed to be rebuilt. And mm-hmm. that's sad, man. That's sad because in the news you can see about it, you can see it, you can have your feeling towards it, but guess what? You're not the one that's living it, you know, where all of a sudden you just have no place to stay. And before insurance or their version of FEMA or anyone else comes to the rescue, you know, what are you doing, man? When's my next meal? When do I get fresh water or anything? Um, that's not easy. So anyhow, all right, we're going to duck on out of here. Thanks as always for your support. This is 3301 and, but it's not our last. And again, thank you again for everything that you all said on social media to us about our 3300 show. It meant a lot. Have a nice day. Go out and be a champion. We'll talk to you soon.